Hello everyone, this is Sam here and I just wanted to quick check in before we started the show today and let you know that this episode does contain conversations of acts of violence against children. So if you have any triggers to that, please be careful as you listen. This is based on an episode of Crime Junkies, the podcast that aired March 24th, 2019. Thanks, guys. Welcome to Everything In Between, and we are your hosts, Siobhan and Sam. Today, we're going to have, an, well, actually, this month, we're doing something new. We're starting something new, right, Siobhan? Yes. So, if you guys have been listening to our last podcast. We're trying this kind of crime drama approach where we're going to be doing different stories that we're going to bring to you that we've listened to on various platforms and just bring our own unique twist to it. So since it's September and all the kids are officially either in school for a month or getting ready to go back, we decided to do internet safety for kids since a lot of kids are having online school and it's so easy to click back and forth between you know, different websites, different chat boxes. We just want to bring a little attention to this. So this week we'll be focusing on the story of Casey Woody, which we came across on the Crime Junkie podcast. Um, (laughs) And so it was really well done. And we just want to give you guys a quick review and then jump into our thoughts and opinions on this. And, you know, in preparing for it, Sam and I were definitely talking and I had my own experience with something like this and I'm sure Sam's going to share some things with you but Casey Woody's story starts in 2002 she's 13 years old and as a typical teenager in that time you know she met with her friends online it was not uncommon for kids to connect with other people and their peers while on the internet and so Casey had gotten into different chat rooms and originally she started in christian chat rooms thinking that this would be a safer option for her right you know nice easy no problem and i could totally see how someone would get caught up in that Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. she met you know a nice young guy named dave and she started talking with him and she really enjoyed talking with him um and she enjoyed talking with him so much that she started introducing him to her friends so Mm -hmm. other people that she knew in real life were talking to this guy and saying okay this is our friend's friend um, and when she did the typical, as they said, it made me laugh in the show, the ASL, which if you guys are on the younger side, that's age, sex, location, which was really popular back in the beginning days of online chat rooms. She found really? out that he was 18. Oh, yeah. You go in there. Wait, where what, I, what is ASL? Age, Explain, sex, and location chat. about this. Yeah, it's age, sex, location check. So you go in a chat room and you're just trying to see who's your age. So you'd be like 13 female New Jersey or 13 female Alabama. And Mm -hmm. so they come to find out that her friend Dave is 18 and he's in California. 17 17 or 18, yeah. So, you know, they're like 18. That's Mm kind of old. Or he was 17. He's going to turn 18. Like, hey, Mm -hmm. he's a little bit older than us, but they didn't think anything of it, you know. But people's parents were kind of saying, hey this is not okay you guys are young teenagers and Mm -hmm. so during this time as typical teenagers do they're not just talking to one person online they're talking to different people all over the place so casey had met another young boy named scott and scott was more in her age range and she also had feelings for him and you know wanting to be a very nice young lady she's like i need to pick one of these guys to really focus my attention on so she Mm -hmm. decided she was going to go ahead and talk with scott for a little bit and so in talking with scott scott 
Scott knew about Dave and Dave knew about Scott as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Casey wasn't hiding anything. So it wasn't like a revenge. Somebody's coming to get you because you've done mm-hmm. them wrong. Both mm-hmm. boys knew about each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and and as they even they, talked, right? Yeah, they talked on the phone. Like everyone knew who everyone was. And that's mm-hmm. what I feel like gave a false sense of security because we're all talking to each other like an adult's not going to spend their time talking to us on the phone or you know being engaged with us but one thing that's interesting to note that all the kids kind of overlooked was that they felt that his vernacular if you will or how he spoke was different than how they spoke and they figured oh maybe you know he's 18 he's in california he's you know older than us it's just how they talk out there something different Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not anything to worry about and so time is going on you know they're still carrying on these relationships and one day one of casey's friends noticed in her locker at school that she's got a picture of dave and they're like how did you get you know this picture and they're realizing that okay if she has an actual hard copy picture then he actually has her address that he's mailed this item to her and so the girls get into a little argument and it goes the whole day through their whole friend circle and basically what happens is you know student counselor ends up getting involved and she starts talking to Casey about the safety of meeting people online of you know sharing personal information and what's really typical when you know adults try and confront young teenagers they just kind of blow it off yeah no i'm fine i'm being safe like it's not even a big deal yada yada whatever you know didn't go anywhere and the girls continue to talk and be friends and you know time's passing they're still talking to dave and scott and they say i forget the day i believe it was december 2nd casey is talking with scott on the computer and they're having their regular conversation back and forth and then Casey just stops responding she's just nowhere to be found and so Scott being typical of that age he keeps texting and making little jokes and little comments and finally he just says like hey are you okay where are you um time goes by and then Casey just responds yeah and that's it um so he's like okay you know she's fine she's not talking whatever time goes by and nobody hears from casey so casey lives home with her dad her brother and her brother's friend who's in college they come home they're like where's casey so right away they call their dad who's a police officer and he's like okay something's not right because it's alabama it's the middle of winter she left with no jacket no shoes and if she went somewhere willingly she would have taken those things with her so right away her dad calls the other police officers they're splitting up the town to see where they can go ahead and look for her and start to trace her um the college friend hops on the computer he's looking at all her chats and saying hey you know when was the last time you talked to casey what's going on and they mention dave and so the dad and his police friends they're combing the town and they find a local hotel where the clerk was kind of alarmed with this david's behavior um he said that he didn't want hotel service for the whole week which is really not common you know people might say okay you know the first two days you don't need anyone to come i'll make my bed but um, after that i want fresh towels and i want my bed remade you know new linens or whatnot so they go there and the hotel room has been 
untouched you know nothing is disturbed so they're like something's not right here so they're looking up car records with his name and they find out that he's rented a car and a storage unit and when i heard this my heart just sank because i'm like oh my gosh this is not gonna end well you know you don't need a storage unit if you're from out of town and you're a kid like this is just not adding up and while the police were outside waiting for him they hear a gunshot and it took three hours for them to get into the storage unit but basically what happens is they find this guy dave who is not an 18 year old teenager but is a 42 year old grown man he's shot himself in the head and he has also shot casey but he has her chained down to the floor of this minivan that he's rented um and she's chained down by her ankles and her wrist and they think that she has been sexually assaulted before she was killed and it's just like wow all of that happened from an internet connection just in a chat room and so we just wanted to talk to you guys and share our thoughts and feelings on having kids in chat rooms and how to keep your kids safe from predators and what i think so interesting about this story to show it can happen to anyone like her dad was a cop and he still didn't pick up on these signs and different things that were going on in her life um and it's just really really unfortunate so sam i'll let you jump in with like your thoughts and opinions um if you want to recap anything that you remembered from the story then i'll give my thoughts and opinions after yes so this was a very like as a parent who has kids at the age where they want to be online this was some a story and mind you let me let me also say that this was this crime junkie episode it aired on march 14th or march i'm sorry march 24th 2019 um crime junkie the podcast you can hear on any anywhere podcasts are played but i just want to be clear because most of the information that we we are saying today came from that podcast so you know back to what i was saying as a parent who has kids who are at that age of online experimentation i had a a run-in with this um it's this thing called roblox and the twins my twins um were on there this was new to me it was it was for kids it's supposed to be a kids friendly uh gaming center so to speak like where it's just a bunch of games for kids to play that are kid uh safe not bloody or gory or anything like that some educational blah 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 so recommended by schools things of that nature so i felt comfortable giving um michael michelle you know the privilege to go on to this platform mind you michael and michelle hadn't yet received this was a while ago so they hadn't gotten cell phones this was their first like dip into you know independent online stuff and i think they were 12 at the time and um they did just get brand new laptops for christmas so they were you know just playing with their friends because their friends were on there you can find your friend on there play games with just your little group you know of friends and stuff like that one of my girlfriends had a kid has a kid that's around the same age as my twins and she was like oh i told her i said yeah twins are on roblox and she's oh my daughter's on roblox and so her daughter gets on roblox and was like uh do you know your daughter has 500 friends i'm like no she doesn't have 500 friends she doesn't even know five people you know what i mean and yeah so i was terrified i shut 
everything down everything and they can't go on there you know anymore well they couldn't go on there anymore and I threw the laptops in the garbage like I just threw them away I was just so disgusted literally and you know they were a black friday deal so it was like 150 bucks each mm-hmm. i didn't care i threw it in the garbage it was like you guys aren't ready yet you know mm-hmm. and i was trying to explain to them the issues of online predators you know and this was like way over their head they're like hey, you're the other kids mom stop freaking out stop being such a dork you know mm-hmm. and i'm like no i know this criminology like mommy has a degree in criminology and i had like sort of a specialty in sex offenders so i'm like this is something that's totally on my radar and i don't know you know what i was exactly thinking when i let them go on there hindsight being 2020 and all yeah but i can see how even though a cop like mind you i have full like degree in criminology and i have specialized in not specialized but i took you know my all my electives in sex offending and um and i know all this stuff and i've even written part of a textbook for on sex offending mens rea as I progress in my my loft field, you know, right. so I'm fully aware, and still I didn't think, you know, just like this guy who's a cop, you know, he didn't think, he just thought, you know, you it, you divorce the work and parent, you know, you want your kids yeah. happy, and so you just let them kind of do whatever makes them happy and if roblox was the thing that they wanted to do and it made them happy you kind of thought you i asked the right questions you know i i did some research but it didn't say anywhere on there chats were available to the kids you know so you i literally had no idea that they could chat i just thought they could play games like number munchers from back in our day you know stuff like that i didn't think they could even play with people it was just a way to download games for you to play so that's what I took from it because I did all the research. It's come home on flyers, you know, stuff like that. It was just told it was supposed to be okay. And so once I figured that out, I just went crazy. And the twins, I went so crazy. The twins have never, ever forgotten it. Like they only have pre-approved friends. On, they are back on Roblox now, but they know they can't chat in there. They can't do anything in there. They can only have the friends that I've already approved, which is their family members and friends from school you know so they have been uh i think internet sensitized you know to the things that are out there from the way i reacted and i did that on purpose i reacted huge i reacted big i threw stuff away they know how much i care about money and i just threw money out the door because i was that upset you know i had to come down really hard on that so that they can understand the gravity of what was happening at their 12 year old brain and that's the other thing with Casey, with her only being 13, you know, at the time, mm-hmm. I think. Right. Um, yeah. You know, we, they, they don't understand the 360 outlook on any if any situation. They yeah. have no idea. Like these the kids at that at 13, 12, you know, they just see the like one dimensional. They're still growing into, you know understanding the 360 of a conversation or idea or concept or or safety issue you know they just know i look across the street when i walk across the street they don't quite understand what happened you know (laughs) i mean like they don't quite understand like i could die they just know mom said you know look for cars you know they don't they don't really marry the risk with the action well, I think that was another issue here as well. So I kind of did some research on my own outside of Crime Junkie. And most of my research I took from a, a like a four or five piece article in the um, Arkansas Gazette. 
that was done way back then. And it was kind of one of the things when I was listening to this, I wanted to know more about him. Like, was there any priors to this excursion with Casey? You know, was there anything that led up to this? Most criminologists, we think, you know, there's, of course, we're always taught, um, you know, there are signs this this kind of comes in a vacuum it doesn't just kind of you know one day but it's the outliers of course one day you just wake up and you kill everyone you know and there's nothing that would prelude that you'd have those kind of you know feelings and same thing with this guy well there were some signs but not many there right. was no with his own children with his you own know? children mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this is a thing too that i think is worth mentioning that happens so much and i think it's a systemic issue and speaks to our country as a whole is that his wife reported that she felt that he was having inappropriate Inappropriate, with his showers with his seven-year-old daughter Mm -hmm. and so when we call it DIFUS here in New Jersey I'm sure there's different acronyms everywhere but it's no division Mm -hmm. of child and family services Mm -hmm. they said we it's unfounded we don't see anything that's wrong and so it got a pass you know and it's Mm -hmm. like oh if maybe you know people are overworked their caseload are too high but maybe if somebody would have dug a little deeper they could have found something and he wouldn't have had the opportunity you know to go out and find a young girl like casey and they did mention that she was not the only girl that he was grooming there was three other girls that he was also talking to but they couldn't find if he had done this before or you know Mm -hmm. had had contact and so when i was looking at him i was like okay what around him you know one of the things that i learned about sex offenders uh, after i had an opportunity to interview a sex offender and he was of like this guy looked like your grandpa you know very Mm -hmm. clean you know and this guy was like a sex offender to the umpteenth degree and you know some of the things that i asked him was because he had been chemically castrated um and one of the things i asked him was like first of all does that even work and he's like no no because the want and the desire is still there. The action is unattainable. It's a psychological thing. Mm-hmm. It's a psychological thing. And um, so he was saying, so the want and desire is still there. It's, it's, it's a everyday battle. There's no crime in the desire of it. There's the crime in the action of it. You know what I mean? Right. But he wants the, you know, he still wants and still finds himself attracted to young boys who in this certain age group. And that is a real thing. You know, there is a certain age group for these folks. Usually it's prepubescent that they want to, you know, um, offend these these children. So I was like, okay, he's not really following a pattern because his daughter was seven. Mm -hmm. And then Kylie was 13. I'm not sure what the other how the age range of the I'm sure they were all under 18 and that's kind of the only and female was the only pattern that I could see you know with right. this this person so it leads me to believe that maybe he was testing the waters you know he had these predilections but he hadn't actually made the leap until now so then I'm like well what would make him go from one to ten like that like not only did you make the leap then you killed the girl like how where did that come from those are two totally different things you know you can be a sex offender without killing the person you know right so it's kind of like okay what where how did we jump into that and so then it was looking at the time of his life his divorce was just ending right he was just finishing his divorce Mm -hmm. he had just got fresh off of that um, child protection case with his daughter being unfounded 
everything was kind of his life was kind of crumbling within months um 18 year marriage and i was also thinking about this like in that 18 years he could have had these thoughts this whole time you know and lots of people who have um what people call taboo thoughts even back in the day when being homosexual was still taboo you know they try to live a normal life they try to marry and they try to do whatever society tells them but they still have these um darknesses inside them that want them to you know move in these dark corners in this deviant lifestyle but they just don't have the opportunity to act out on it and sometimes it's the opportunity and the will so both of those have to couple up at times before someone takes that leap so i think with casey she gave him both the opportunity and the will to do it and i think reason why is one of the things that they were saying on the crime junkie was her self-esteem like she was someone who wanted to be loved and that i think is all a part of the grooming process you know these folks these sex offenders they don't go after people who are a part of families that are like me you know i am total helicopter mom and i make it my business to shake every man's hand who's around my kids because one of the things that we're taught in criminology is they are looking for parents who are not present they don't want to be seen i shake every man's hand from the janitor to the principal okay (laughs) who is around my child because i want them to know i see you right you know and they don't like to be seen okay so that's one thing that i do that i think like is very important to help your children stay safe wherever they go is to make sure that you're present and they know that they know that you're present they know that you are there like i named my kids email address twins monitored that was that's the name <laughs> i love it i <laughs> love it it's like that's there's parents here name. and we know what's going on thanks yes and then the, then the this the name of the email and my name is by mom you know so it's right. when they email anyone it says by mom from twins monitor <laughs> i'm not even mad about it i think that's a hundred percent a smart thing to do you know and and so because people need to know you are watching and that's one thing that sex offenders don't want they don't want to be known it always grips me sometimes how it's the neighbor who is doing the 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 terrible things or whatever to to the kid Mm -hmm. and why the parents are overlooking it and it might be because you know oh we're just sending so-and-so over there to have fun or to play because they're not you know really around or whatever the case may be or these people are going through a divorce or is so many different reasons why these people can find an in and get the child to identify with them as a safe place a secure place and someone who's supposed to love them and mutate like totally change their idea of how love should be and us a, a, a kind of disgusting way you know um we love each other uncles such and such so we touch each other you know so these things are not normal but they kind of push them into being normal but he didn't he didn't the conversations i read through whatever i could find on the conversations that were going back and forth and he never said anything like why don't you follow me to this porn site or send me a pic of your boobs or you know what i mean like he didn't do he was a friend 
Mm-hmm. He was a friend. And he even said, I understand that you like this other guy. I'm totally cool with it, whatever. You know, he even mm-hmm. said that. Um, and, and of course, he would get on the phone with not just Scott, but also the other her, her other girlfriend. So all of them knew him and the parents knew about him. And now I think this part here and this is me being um, what do you call it? maybe it's biased and you can and you can like be like, ah, I would say that about people. But this is my opinion. So I still am entitled to it. <laughs> I think that the parents we have as parents, we have to remember we are parents like there are going to be decisions we have to make that our kids are not going to like. And that mm-hmm. doesn't mean we don't make them. That doesn't mean we compromise on them. It means we hold firm and that's probably the right decision. So Scott's parents, I think, kind of did the right thing because they lost their shit when yeah. they found out that here, the son was speaking to this guy. They they talked to the guy on the phone themselves the and could obviously he old. He yeah. Like, and he's like, no, hell no. You know, and and that is it. And so, of course, you know, then now you have to have your when when something like that happens, I think as parents, we need to start going into over mode like, no, 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 no. I can't trust you anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I can't trust you with this thing. Like, that's why I threw my kids laptops away. And I specifically said, I can't trust you, you know. Yeah. And so you, you, he could no longer, if he were my kid, phone's gone. The phone is gone. If you're going to be on the phone, you're going to be on the phone sitting right next to me. And I'm going right. to know who it is. You and know? I think that's a great point too mm-hmm. as well. Because like I had shared with Sam when we were, oh. you know, working on this topic. Like I literally myself had my own run in with this. And I was mm-hmm. 14, I believe, until I was 17. I was talking to a gentleman that was 41. Um, 41 or 44. And so my parents didn't know that I was talking to this person. They didn't find out until my, well, I should say my dad still doesn't know to this day, which I was like, ugh, my mother knows. And um, he's going to know now. Yeah. Like, he's going to be like, what the hell are you doing? But yeah. And so the things that I would say um, about keeping kids safe um, when on the internet, the number one thing, and I feel like it's more difficult today, but if I have mm-hmm. children, I'm definitely going to be that uncool mom when mm-hmm. it's bedtime, I'm taking all the iPads, mm-hmm. all the cell phones, everything that connects to the internet. That's with me. I feel like that's where my number one issue came in. The computer was in my bedroom. So it wasn't that I thought I was doing anything wrong or that I was sneaking. It was just mm-hmm. in my room. So when my mom couldn't pop in to be like oh what are you doing what are you talking to because I could just change what was on the screen you know but Mm -hmm. um after that they moved it into the living room (laughs) so it was like Mm -hmm. what are you doing who are you talking to why are you talking Mm -hmm. to this person Mm -hmm. so I think that's Mm -hmm. definitely something that's really big to do um Mm -hmm. when your kids are on the internet have their computers phones laptops in a place where you can see them interacting with people Mm -hmm. I think it's also important to uh, um have your kids understand like the importance of knowing the people that you're talking to i feel like today just like how innocently that school program that you had for your kids everything wants to connect you to community but that's not always the best thing when our kids are you know engaging in the internet so like facebook instagram i personally think those should be age limited things i don't think Mm -hmm. 9 10 11 12 year olds should have access to that 
And if they do, I feel like as a parent, you need to sit down and go through that friend list. And I would even say, and Sam, you have kids, you so you could say, hey, Siobhan, they that's maybe too much. No, my kids have no social media. Yeah. Zero. They cap that. Okay, mm-hmm. you can have 25 friends. And these mm-hmm. need to be 25 people that, you know, I know who they are. I can reach out and call their parents if I need to. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that's important that they also mentioned on the podcast and from my own personal experience and just being an adult because you know adults get abducted as well online you guys always hear sam talking about that i'm talking about sex (laughs) trafficking i have always been like concerned and that's why i was like i never met anybody online i never gave anybody my address because that's just always something that i was concerned about even as a young child i feel like Mm -hmm someone always needs to know what's happening when you're going to go meet somebody because the Mm -hmm. way that I think about this for adults is you're online dating so you swiped Mm -hmm. right on somebody and you met them you know that's that's dangerous too and so you never know as online dating gets more prevalent younger people are starting to meet people this way as well and I think as parents it's important to be open and honest with your kids I was like all right if you're meeting somebody through this and these are older teenagers I'm talking about 17 18 let me know where you're going you know check in with your kids that they have good self-esteem that you are a person that they feel comfortable to talk to because something they mentioned in the podcast is that these predators try to become the only one that the victim feels that they can talk to which was odd in this case Mm -hmm. which was odd in this case and like i said before in, in all of my studies and research there's always outliers you know, and I think he's one of them because he didn't try to isolate her, you know, from her friends. He was like, cool. You know, he was very OK with it. You know, um, when she said she was seeing someone else, he just brought him into the friend circle. Um, it wasn't until I think and, and then I, as you're talking, I remember her friend said she went to, like you said, the social worker at the school. Mm -hmm. And the social worker actually talked to the young lady and said, hey, you know, like you said, you know, this is predators are out here. And she actually told the guy, you know, I'm not supposed to talk to you. You could probably be a predator, you know. Right. And I'm wondering if that was what the catalyst was to set off the more dangerous uh, reactions, you know, because I don't let me be clear. I don't know if we were very clear on what happened to the young lady, but the guy was 47 years old parading as an 18 year old on online chat rooms he's in san diego she's in arkansas or alabama and he got in his car this is totally premeditated so had he not killed himself this would be murder in the first because he had time to cool down and he just said forget it i'm totally premeditating this whole deal because he had to drive from san diego all the way to alabama okay to get this girl so first he abducted her from her home okay so he had her address right from when she told him to send a picture obviously he printed it off a line or some who knows where he got the picture from and used that information against her to rape and kill her Mm -hmm. that is disgusting you know and all of this stemmed from one thing the internet this could have totally been avoided if she didn't have the internet you know 
And with her father being a police officer, I think she thought she knew it all. You know, like sometimes like, my father's a cop. He'd know or I'd know or you know what I mean? Like you just think you have like a sixth sense about things because I, I used to work with a certain high risk clientele and my kids were I was like, oh, my mom will take care of it, you know, because all the time it was always a cop in my house, you know, for one right. reason or another. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not on me. It's on you. You know, too, you have a responsibility in this, too. And I don't think that that discussion was ever breached with her, uh, broached with her that it's not just my responsibility to make sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. It's your responsibility, too, to be safe, you know, and and stay away from people you don't know. Don't give out your address to anyone, especially someone online. Don't click on anything when you are online because that's just another way for people to, you know, trick you into getting your addresses. And I said, be careful of conversations with anyone. So one of the things I tell the twins when they're at school, if anyone is asking you to do something outside of your regular routine and it makes you uncomfortable, you say no. You know, you say no. Um, And I would listen very carefully to what my kids had to say. Like it was a guy because I'm a single parent. Sometimes people think, oh, I'm going to help her out and be a male figure. I don't need your male figure. But, you know, my son's perfectly fine. But Mm -hmm. sometimes they do that. Right. Mm -hmm. And there was a guy who was like, you know, kind of doing that with my son. He was a janitor. And I kept saying my son talk about him at home. You know, Mm -hmm. and so I made sure like I kept going right up to this guy. I learned his name. I shook his hand, you know, like and I said to him, I, you know what your name is. My son talked about you today. I made sure he knew I was aware of him. You know, you want Mm -hmm. to make sure if you have any suspicion, that is the biggest thing you could do is make sure that person knows you are aware of him. You are aware that he talks to your child or she or whomever it may be. You know, you are aware because they hate that they're looking for kids. They prey on kids who aren't um, parents aren't present and they think that they can get away with it and their parents wouldn't mm-hmm. know it either because they're you know in an urban situation where they have to work two or three jobs and they just don't have the time you know or they are in a situation where the relationship is just not great that I wanted to make sure with this person that's not me you know right. and I was so like especially at this age because i think they were he was only like six at this age and i was like this is the age oh yeah i would feel a little weird about that as Mm -hmm. well and i was like this is the age that these guys like they don't like them when they get into 13 like for girls usually if you are on your period the predators you have a lower chance of being you know what part of a sex offending predator who likes the pre they usually go for the kids who have not yet reached ministration for girls and for boys you know they usually like the boys that are less than 17 16 years old even 13 is is a great 13 and up is like a great area um so because they're very selective the real you know deals they're very selective about who they want they'll switch them out and they'll trade them out so i was really afraid at that age so i think it's important as parents you know just looking at casey's story i think it's important as parents that we regulate our children you know what they're taking in and what they're putting out we talk to our children every day like at dinner you have to talk like so many times I see parents you know they don't have time to talk to their children because they're moving from one thing to another it's not okay to always be so busy you don't have time to know who's in your child's life 
you know right so somebody else will try and fill that spot you know right they see they're pegging your child for a victim yeah well and not even that like if you have your kid in every single sport you can think of and all you do all day is go from one sport to another sport to another sport and then you're eating on the go you know when did you have a chance to talk to your child about their day you know when did you have that time to say to your kids so what happened at school today what you know how was each class what happened you know like those are the questions that I ask every single day and I don't always get the whole story I'm fully aware of that but if you ask every day you're going to get something right just like this guy I was talking about when my son was six every day he would come and say Mr. So-and-so gave me a cookie I was like you don't eat anything that anyone else give you throw it in the garbage Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'd be like we don't do that here and I would go tell him hey thanks for the cookie yesterday that you gave to Michael he told me about it you know I would make it my business to go into that school I didn't do one of those flybys where you know oh I'm just flybying jump in a car let's go no 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 I would get out of my car find him Okay, and recap what my son told him just so he knew I may be a single parent, but I'm present. I'm present. So we have to do that. You know, as parents, we have to talk to our kids so we can know what's going on. Social media as adults, we can't even control ourselves. I don't know what people are thinking kids are going to (laughs) do. And you know what I think too happens? Not even just a lot of like from a predator standpoint, kids are getting bullied on this social Mm -hmm. media too. I don't know if it, I guess if it made national news, but over the last few years, kids on the East Coast, young kids as nine as like as young as nine and 11 have been killing themselves from being bullied on Mm -hmm. Instagram and Facebook. Mm -hmm. So it's like you really have to be careful in what you Mm -hmm. allow your kids to have access to. And something that stands out for me, like my mom, said to me a few times when I was coming up because my mom was a helicopter mom like my mom they invented that term because of the mom that I had like I could not do anything like after prom all my friends went to Puerto Rico my mom was like no you're not going right. to Puerto Rico at yeah. 17 18 years old mm-hmm. and I was like mom somebody else's mom is coming my mom was like I don't care like you're mm-hmm. not going mm-hmm. and you know she used to say right now like i'm your mother i'm not trying to be your friend that's not my mm-hmm. job she's like we mm-hmm. could be friends later i'm your mother right now and i said like you're not gonna be my friend i don't want to be friends with you they now, are like, best friends <laughs> my mom is definitely my bestie but i think that's what parents have to get back to yeah and you know you just being a parent is so hard because you figure yeah. as strict as my parents were as much as my parents were in my life like my best friend's mom makes jokes to this day that like <laughs> i had to call my mom when i I got to her house i had to call my mom if we were gonna move, like leave her house to walk mm-hmm. to the mandy's i had to call my mom when i got back to mandy's like mm-hmm. my mom did not play but i was still even able to talk to somebody so much older online mm-hmm. you know so it's like as parents you have to do your best to instill these good values and principles mm-hmm. in your kids mm-hmm. and then just you know you hope for the best because yeah. you can't be everywhere no. you know so it's mm-hmm. like have these conversations with your kids have open communication like sam said be involved and invested Mm -hmm. in your kid's life so that they know like if something's wrong like hey i can come to my mom with this Mm -hmm. and it's not Mm -hmm. always about you're gonna get in trouble it's like no like i need to help you and i'm doing this for your safety and your protection Mm -hmm. and another thing that i did too 
because of that like um is mitigating the risk you know as someone who holds a law degree that's what they tell me that's what they taught us we are here to mitigate the risk but we don't want it to go to court you know if if we went to court now we have to figure out how to you know solve the issue but if we can stop it from going that's the best thing mitigate 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 right right i mitigate my kids risk by doing a couple of things one their electronics are out in the open I do Mm -hmm. drop-ins, I go through their stuff, I check and see what they're doing all day randomly, you know, Um, I ask them what's going on. So I do it so randomly and so often that I don't even think they try anymore to hide it because they're just like, Mm -hmm. I never know when that crazy lady's coming in this room. (laughs) You know what, I think that's the best. I had never like thought of that. Obviously, I don't have kids, especially older kids, but Mm -hmm. my cousin has a 16-year-old and that's actually what they do with their 16-year-old daughter. Mm -hmm. They just randomly, up phone check and she has to Mm -hmm. give over her phone and they just go through it. Nothing is locked, Mm -hmm. nothing. And I mean, they're in her text messages. (laughs) They're like, no, all of business. I caught feelings looking through my daughter's text message. Like, why are you talking about me like that? (laughs) You're like, but you know what? I think like at first I was like, oh my gosh, what about her privacy mm-hmm. but i get it like our mm-hmm. kids in this generation are so into the phones and the electronics mm-hmm. and as parents you know what it's okay violate that privacy like mm-hmm. i'm keeping you alive you're not sending you naked pictures of yourself at 13. you're not <laughs> You don't right? have like privacy. I was tell my kids, what business do you have? You have a job. Do you, are you making money? I don't know about. Okay, sit down, sir. This is right. all mine. You know, first of all, I own all of this because you don't pay for any of it. So it's mine anyway. So either you let me go through it or I take it and lower my bills. That's how that okay. works. You know, like my kids know, like nothing in this house belongs to them. Therefore, I get to go through and do whatever I want. I go through Hulu history, Netflix history. (laughs) I do the whole thing. My kids are very on it about that's TV 517, that's TVMA. Like you better not be watching no TVMA or R or whatever when I go through your history. Each one of them has their own login, you know, so I can go through each person by name. I, I am that parent because and they need to know that we're those parents. But we as parents have to make time to do that. And I think like, you know, of course not now because of the plague and all, but you know, I think that, you know, as parents, we were so busy trying to keep them active. We forgot this is the most important piece is to give ourselves time to just be with them, you know, Mm -hmm. to just be at home, relaxed, seeing what they're doing, what they're thinking, what they're feeling. You know, I get a lot about just being with my kids you know just being around them we are a very close family so I know when my daughter is in a mood I know when she's happy I know you know like I can tell by just looking at her and and my son like oh he's annoyed oh he's doing something he's not supposed to he's got that look you know I can tell because I spend so much time with my children not time watching them do something but quality time looking at them you know listening to them And even though they don't think I'm paying attention as parents, we're always, always paying attention. So we have to get back to that. And it's not easy because some of us have to work two or three jobs just to keep them in a home and fed. And, you know, so these are not always the most ideal situation. But if you find a tribe, you know, that you can I can trust like for me as a single parent, when my daughter goes over to someone's house, usually there's no male there. 
like her best friend um her father is half the time out of the state and that's usually when they do the sleepovers you know right and when she's home when she's anywhere she's texting me it's funny because my daughter has to do the same thing when they go out to eat she already like i don't even have to train her anymore she just does it she takes a picture of her food what she ate where she is right it's like here i'm here i made but it I, but now in this day i've already low g you know low low tracked her phone so i know where she is anyway because i'm tracking right. her phone you know so i mean like i do the most but that's because i i want to mitigate the risk for our kid for my kids you know they don't appreciate it no no and they're gonna yell and they're gonna hate it and they're gonna do all the things like like the young girl say casey did i know what i'm doing whatever whatever you know whatever okay all right, I'm anticipating your whatever, and I'm going to help you help yourself. Exactly. You know, and I think that's what we have to do as parents. The other thing that I did, because my kid, my daughter doesn't like to talk about some things, especially with her body. So the one thing that I did was I gave them both um, nice little notebooks. I let them pick it out. I didn't care how much it cost. And I said, here's our notebook. And I put it, they put it like between their bed, you know so that the other person can't read it like blah but the other child can't read it right. so they put it underneath their bed or between the mattress or whatever but that's our communication book so if they have something going on that they don't want to talk about they can write it to me put it on my bed I i'll read that. it i love that i'm stealing that when i have kids and be like, yeah and, and if they write it in there they know that it's going to be a conversation not a not any punitive you know this is a conversation this is a discussion so my daughter's used it a couple of times and and when she did i wrote back you know something positive and affirming gave her a minute and then had a full discussion about it actually i google stuff because you know i like to go into a conversation without making her go to psychology or psycho psychologist later in life right so so I googled what was going on so I had some intel and what to say and I was trying to be very positive about the issue you know like let's be uh, like real with ourselves as parents too I think that's another thing we even my parents as a young child they had these ideals that were just unrealistic because I'm a kid I'm going through these crazy hormones I'm gonna want to discover how it feels to touch another person how it feels to be loved I'm gonna want to to be loved i'm going to like the opposite sex um you know what i mean like these are just very normal things that are happening to kids around this age around casey's age you know around 13 and 14 they're getting into that boyfriend girlfriend i mean we can't ignore that you have to embrace that but figure out how to walk that very fine line of like your mom was saying friendship and parentship mm-hmm. so but my goal and i hope that i've started to do this with my daughter because i know she has someone she likes but my goal has always been to be very open you know about these things you know because i rather you talk to me than go out and do things to get the mm, outcome that you desire you know so like i've always preaching to my daughter and my son about how they should behave with opposite sex like nobody should be touching you you know what I mean? Like these things are a little too advanced for us right now, you know. But I, my daughter and I, I let her watch a little kissing on the TV now. It's very uncomfortable for me, but she does well with it. <laughs> but, 
mom get it together yeah yeah but i think it's important for us to introduce these things so that they right, don't and not get their it from friends and things yeah. like that i agree I definitely agree. I feel like it's important to always be an open space for your kids to come and know that whatever they're dealing with, whatever Mm -hmm. they're experiencing, they can bring it to you and you can help them in whatever it is that they're trying to achieve to keep them safe. Mm -hmm. Whether it's an internet relationship or an internet situation or a real life relationship or situation. Mm -hmm. Okay, I know we want to wrap up. I want to get your thoughts on this really quick mens rea so so i've i've this is what i wrote a part of a textbook about the mens rea of um sex offending with a cognitive disability so yeah this is tough so you're a 30 year old with the cognitive um ability of a 14 year old so therefore you're attracted to 14 year olds and you want to date 14 year olds but strict liability cases meaning um it doesn't matter none of that matters when it comes down to um sex offending like uh, being a predator or doing any of the things like with a child you know like that's just doesn't matter your mens rea is not considered um none of that is considered it's just you had sex with a minor you know someone under age that means you get this you know um what are your thoughts on that so uh this is this is complicated this this is complicated this is difficult um given my line of work you know i work with individuals with special needs typically i work with children but it's changing i've always worked kind of again with younger kids but i've had experience with adults and older people um and working to help educate not only our individuals but the population at large and how to handle our individuals and what happens sometimes is that Our individuals are never taught about sexuality the way typically developing kids are. So they are, how do I want to say this? They are chronologically older, but like you're saying, they're mentally not there. And the way that it was explained to me when I was very, very new in my field, because I had come across a child and he was only five at the time, super cute. He liked to rub ladies' legs under the table and like all the teachers and everyone was like oh, okay whatever it's not a big deal you know he's just doing this he's fine and somebody had pointed out yes it's cute and funny and fine while he's five years old but when he's 15 when he's 20 and he's wants to still touch ladies legs or young girls legs no one's gonna care that he has a disorder he's now a predator you know mm-hmm. so we have to teach our people these skills and so i don't think they get a pass because they are you know having these mental challenges or um, these developmental challenges if you look at the legal system as sam knows the legal system doesn't really look at that either there's several people in prison right now that Mm -hmm. do not have the full mental capacity to understand the nature of what they did is Mm -hmm. wrong so i feel like it's hard it's difficult because it's like oh it's like this person doesn't understand what they did was wrong but i feel like there should be a different system set up to help rehabilitate those people and to help them because i don't think they are going into it with the same intent and purpose to hurt 
as an actual sex offender because I've met people like this and like again they're 32 but really they're 15 and so they're enjoying things that 15 year olds are enjoying Mm -hmm. and they're thinking Mm -hmm. this person is really their friend and it's somebody that they are attracted to they don't Mm -hmm. understand that because of their ages that they cannot have this kind of relationship whereas Mm -hmm. you know an actual sex offender is going into this with the purpose and intent of being with a child and you know they know all of the harm and mm-hmm. things that they're going to bring to this child by engaging with them in this way and i think too what happens in the other direction is sometimes our individuals are victims as well because they are older but they don't realize that you know you have the right to say no no one Mm -hmm. should be touching you against your will so that's something that i always say like we should teach our individuals how to go to the bathroom on their own how to Mm -hmm. shower themselves who should be around you when you are in the bathroom who can help you because they're thinking oh this person's coming to help me at risk yeah yeah so it's their victims on both sides you know but without the malicious intent Mm -hmm. um so i feel like we definitely need to educate them and the people around them on how to interact and deal with this situation and also even though they're adults they need to be monitored because they some some of our individuals are able to go online and go into Mm -hmm. chat rooms and sometimes they're playing these video games and they're building these relationships but they don't realize that it's inappropriate and then i think if you're looking at the younger individual that's engaging with somebody like this they're also not seeing the problem because they're like but this person seems 15 just like i am you know like we enjoy these things together so it's definitely a very slippery slope there Mm -hmm. yeah and another thing and then we can wrap up is this is something that wisconsin was trying to do way back in the day that i've eventually was found constitutionally invalid and they could not do it but they wanted to create a (laughs) secondary prison (laughs) for the really egregious sex offenders the ones that they believe should not be back on the street and they called it a civil commitment or commitment or something like that that's what they were trying to do i don't think it went because they realized you can't they did the time for the crime you can't then tell them now go do more time you know and there's no new crime you know you just can't do it but they were trying to figure out a way um, to keep the really 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 bad sex offenders off the streets and i think that's a good in theory thing you know in his heart when you are a part of the legal system because you do want to do due process and they did the time they should be out just like anyone else you know but the system we have in place is no longer a rehabilitative jail system you know like we push money into it but it's really punitive it's really eye for an eye back we're back to that now um is a as the prison system you know it's not trying to rehabilitate not only that we don't have the money to properly even attempt to rehabilitate a sex offender in prison it's just not enough resources so it's just a lot of things i think that this area we should focus on and look at because there's so many pieces that we as parents and we as concerned citizens you know should really understand the law and really understand the signs and the the of of you know both cases like could my child be a predator or could my child be oh that's very interesting 
you know, so there are definitely brother sister relationships that are being compromised as well. So that's a whole nother story. But like I said, the point of this one was child safety as we are part of a plague right now, a pandemic, whatever. Everyone's online. Everyone is online. That is like the pastime of the ages right now. And it's how we're schooling. That's how we're doing everything. You guys stay alert with your children's browser histories. Don't be afraid to be that parent. You know, their children, they'll get over it. They're very resilient. They'll understand later in life. Like I appreciate what Siobhan's mom was doing for her back then. You know, I do too. Now at the time Mm -hmm. I didn't understand it. Like we actually just all got together and you know another thing that my mom used to say is it's not that i don't trust you i don't trust mm-hmm. the people mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. and i didn't understand that i was like you know everybody that's around me like you have all the parents phone numbers like they're not crazy but now that i'm an adult i understand like i said if i ever have a kid like the kid's just gonna be attached to me like and i'm gonna look <laughs> at everybody crazy like sam knows like this is one thing you guys i'm always like rainbows and sunshines sex offenders i just i don't i don't tolerate that well i just have some very strong feelings and beliefs about sex offenders yeah i don't think anybody tolerates it well i'm like just no you know like we can lock them up and do whatever it's just fine oh Um, that's what i was gonna say another kind of thing that would be interesting (sighs) is like can you actually rehabilitate a sex offender and when you can't what do you do with that you know which again is i guess what wisconsin ran into you can't just lock people up indefinitely Mm -hmm. but then how do you keep people safe right Right. so but again that's a conversation for a whole nother episode Mm -hmm. all right folks so this is kind of a you know it was a necessary i think episode because of the times and we're going back to school and everything like that this is a great time for us to say these things so stay alert listen to the crime junkie podcast that aired on march 24 2019 anywhere apple wherever you want to go and you know kind of listen because at the end of it they gave some tips i actually made my twins listen to the tips because i'm like see mommy's not weird everyone thinks like me um no they just thought they were also weird but whatever and um we'll see you next week